Boris, my hey. boy. Uh, everybody's looking so groomed today. Yes. I'm using well, Sam new... is using a new beard butter, apparently. Beard butter. Beard yes. butter. Uh-oh. Beard butter. I can smell my own face, and it's off-putting. Hello and welcome to Bruise Day Tuesday Podcast Episode 300! Uh, I'm Sam Ginsberg, and here is the Carrie Bradshaw of podcasting, Tyler Driblet. Bradshaw, because she's a girl, right? I said Bradshaw, as will the final edit demonstrate. <laughs> okay. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 300. Big day today. We will be giving you the results of our uh, our beer mile challenge, so that will be fun. We'll be talking about some articles that, you know, nobody really cares about. And Boris is here to mark the special occasion. Hey, Boris. Hey, guys. Uh, congrats on the big 300. This is uh, shows a lot of dedication and commitment that I really can't even fathom. Uh, yeah, well, you know what? Congrats to you, too, because as Sam reminded me just before we uh, started recording, you are actually um, the the person on this the most after Sam and myself. Oh, really? Yes, yep. you are third in number of appearances. Yeah, you're, this is your, off the top of my head, I want to say like 76th, 77th, somewhere in there. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Go me, too, I guess. Then. That's right. That's right. And, I think uh, it was a good stretch of when I was in Wisconsin being on this, like, every week for... Another thing Sam said. Yeah, um, it was just so easy to not have to worry about who would be on, and it just had to be you every time. Yeah, you know. What a backhanded compliment that is. <laughs> you were just so conveniently located. <laughs> yeah, my favorite thing yeah. about Boris is how convenient he is. Right, right, right. I think it speaks to my uh, my reliability as a friend. You know, I always kept Sunday evening from <laughs> six to seven free, or sorry, Tuesday evening from whenever you're <laughs> yeah, right. free. Live. <laughs> yeah, you were. Uh, I, th- I think that really translated well into the wedding when, despite the fact that Tyler was the best man and really did do his damnedest, it was clearly Boris that was the most responsible of the groomsmen. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, I think I brought everything, every article of clothing that I needed to wear for the ceremony. Didn't you so. give somebody a belt or some shit? Uh, probably. Sounds right. That sounds like me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, Boris. I think uh, I think you've judged yourself correctly. Uh, what beer have you brought with you to judge? Um, what beer have I brought? So I have brought uh, Zero Gravity Brewing Company's Mr. Sulu IPA. Oh. Uh, that I will not be ashamed to admit I bought mostly for the packaging. Um, it I is would buy a candy, Mr. Packed out of this world fresh hop. <laughs> uh, sorry, out of this world hop freshness. Uh, we got a tall boy, 16 ounces. We've got a uh, 6.3% ABV. And I'm going to come out and say right now that I did my beer mile about an hour ago, so I am still feeling the effects of that. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I'm pouring it out right now, which I should have done earlier. It's all good. So, you know. I was looking at that. Do they have the zip, or uh, not the zip code, the barcode on there in the shape of Vermont? 
Uh, they do, and they also have this very confusing Canadian maple leaf that says <laughs> fresh in Vermont. Okay. Uh, well, sorry, know, keep Vermont green. They're all high up there. So, so I think I, yeah, they probably just think they're in Canada. Right. Um, cool. So first sip, it's it smells like kind of a, a fresh, hoppy pale ale more than an IPA. So when you take a sip, it's got kind of those those dank hops that I'm not sure I'm wild about. Yeah, um, they just kind of stick in your mouth a little bit. So we'll see those once it once we get through it a bit and it warms up. But for now, I am very impressed with the smell and sort of less impressed with the taste. I think. For sure. Did you happen to mention the ABV? Uh, six point three percent. Six point three. Alrighty. I today am drinking uh, Blue Point Brewing Company's. Hazy Bastard, a juicy New England-style IPA, 8% ABV. I mean, it's a little hazy, but I've had way hazier on the show. Light head, pretty uniform bubbles. Smells like a like a juicy IPA, um, you know, a little bit tropical and, and also hoppy. Mmm, mmm. Yeah, so uh, the front is just like classic New England-style um the back has a little bit of of sharpness that I wasn't expecting. It's not bad, but um, you know, the back of these is usually is usually just kind of all, all these flavors mixed together, and this has a very definite bright bite. Uh, so I wasn't expecting that. It, it's pretty good so far. We'll see how things pan out. What do you have over there, Sam? Uh, you caught me at a bad time. You caught me mid sip. I, I asked you what you had before you put that beer in your mouth, but just to be clear. It was en route. You actually just looked really much like you didn't want to answer the question. You, like, took a sip just to be like, oh, sorry, my mouth is full. Right. I had already decided to take a sip. And what am I going to do? Respect Tyler over me? Of course not. No. Uh, so I, from one of my favorite breweries, one of my favorite styles, uh, Southern Tears 3X IPA. Uh, ah. Mm. I've had Southern Tears IPA and Southern Tears 2X IPA, but this is my first foray into the 3X IPA. This Whoa. is uh, That's a lot of numbers. Yes, foray 3A. Speaking of numbers, this is 9.5% ABV. Oof, big uh, man. And uh, I've had a couple sips of this so far, and it it kind of takes me back a little bit to to the days when I would have IPAs and be like, oh wow, this shit's bitter, because I feel like Two things have happened. One is I've become acclimated to bitterness in beer because I'm something of a hophead. And the other is I feel like beers that are like, check out how bitter I am, motherfucker, aren't as much of a thing anymore. I I think it's more about IPAs that are a little more subtle for a larger audience or like I think hazy IPAs and milkshake IPAs kind of taking a lot of the market share have kind of pushed back on these beers that are just like, Hey, motherfucker, I'm hoppy as hell. Yeah, I've like seen a lot of maybe New England IPAs, maybe because I am in New England, but <laughs> they've got that kind of like citrus, hazy yeah. notes to yeah. them that are like less hops, more kind of fruity. Yeah. I definitely think the last two or three years we've seen a, a kind of a, a lessening of that just extreme in-your-face hoppiness. And, and this is uh, a little bit of a throwback. It reminds me of, uh, you know, that strong post-play of the NBA – it's just, hey, a throwback to something I kind of would like to see more of. Gotcha. I understand that reference. Yeah, that mid-range game doesn't really happen as much these days. Uh, Scoober. 
Different sport, wrong sport. Also, <laughs> scuba. <laughs> Tyler, you're my best friend, and I love you. Uh, we do have uh, Boston playing Wisconsin in the NBA. I I know, I know. Well, well, we did two days ago. Of course. Oh, and we probably right, do right, again sorry, today. Yes. So tell us all the results of of game two, and I'll go over game one, Sam. <laughs> Uh-oh. There's no way Boston wins two in a row in Milwaukee. There's just no fucking way. Yeah. Yeah. Well. You heard it here first, except no after it happened. <laughs> you heard it here later. Yeah, yes. you heard my hot take of the fact. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this this beer is that uh, more old school, um, a little bit of a... Like, the, the main note, I feel like we're used to saying the main note is piney, or the main note is citrus. The main note is in-your-face bitterness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just don't mind that. The the secondary note is is more of a piney flavor, piney with a little bit of grapefruit. But the main thing is, hey, this is a 3X IPA. And if you're not signed on for bitterness, then you're drinking the wrong beer, dog. And I'm like, yeah, sure. and I'm like, shut up. I'm drinking the right beer, dog. I love this. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, awesome. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, so a big day for different IPAs. You talked a little bit about your beer being kind of a throwback. And so uh, speaking of throwback laws, let's go to texastribune.org. Wow, Texas, can you believe that there are some dumb motherfuckers out there from Texas with their hick-ass point of views that I could never agree with? (laughs) What? Uh Uh-oh! Oh, no! I will also have you know that uh, Texas, I think, brought you the come-and-take-it canning equipment shirt that... That's true. It's has one of, taken the nation by storm. It's one of my favorite shirts. I love that shirt. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, maybe maybe recognize that Texas is a large place with a diverse... Uh, we know it's a large place. They never let us forget that it is a large place. Yeah. Well, the thing about Texas is I can't wait until I finally have $1 billion and <laughs> I will fund a, a maglev rail from Madison, Wisconsin to Austin, Texas. Uh, that would be dope. Can you fund every maglev rail and we can just have, like, a high-speed train infrastructure in our country? Hey, one at a time. Don't be greedy, Trump. <laughs> Sorry. Forgot that you just want to go from your house to Austin or something. Right. I just want to go from, like, uh, the hipster capital of the Midwest to the hipster capital of the South. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's fair. The next one will obviously go to Portland. Of yes, course. naturally. Both Portlands, like one in, one to Maine and one... <laughs> yeah, the next one will go Portland to Portland. That'd be perfect. And then everyone will be like, why are these dumb cities connected? Like, <laughs> you would have a rail network that connects two Portlands, Madison and Austin. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to, like, get into the, like, whole economics of the situation with you, but if if that, like, if that came into existence all of a sudden, it would do, like, huge things to the economies of both of those cities. Oh, for sure. So, like, let's get it done. Come on, the right. government. Yep, yep, let's no, get, I... <laughs> maybe let's get this article done. Uh, with the, the, I think, maybe a little bit um, overbearing headline of, This is Freedom, Texas House Moves to Expand Alcohol Sales on Sundays and, it's, and at Breweries, uh, the Texas Tribune is trying to let us know about some changing laws in Texas. The Texas House apparently voted uh, this past Thursday to extend beer and wine sales on Sundays and to let craft breweries sell beer to go. Previously, craft breweries could not sell beer to go. I believe they could sell on their premises, uh, but you couldn't like pick up a six-pack at a craft uh, 
brewery and and walk off. Um, actually, I guess you still can't do it because it still needs a, a stamp of approval from uh, some other part of the house, apparently. But it looks like it, things are set to pass. And um, also it, it allows, what is it? It allows uh, people to sell uh, beer and wine at 10 a.m. instead of noon on Sundays. I don't know if that one's such a big deal, but um, it's also making that change. Hmm. So this mm. is this is really more of them catching up with other states than anything else. Uh, it seems that way. It like seems that the, way. The headline, this is freedom or whatever, makes it seem like they're leading the charge, but I bought a six-pack at a bar yesterday. Uh-huh. Well, not a bar. Not a bar. A craft, craft brewery. Yeah, craft brewery bar. Okay. Well, then, yes. I bought it at a hop house. You know that's the only place I go. <laughs> I, th- I thought you lived at the hop house. I wish, dude. Let's see here. So, um, something that I do think is funny is, uh, these... Both of these things are are amendments to a bigger bill um, that's needed to pass so that the Texas Alcohol Beverage Commission uh, can run. Um, So they're kind of like riders, and they're both opposed by the guy who wrote the original bill. So just another great example of democracy in action, even though this is doing kind of things, I suppose. Well, I mean, if it's it's a TABC bill, these are both things the TABC would be against because it gives them less power. So it makes sense that they would be opposed. Uh, I don't, I, it was, it was written by Representative Chris Patty. I don't know if he works with the TABC or anything like that or has any connections with them, but he's the guy who wrote it. I have to imagine he's in their pocket. Okay. I just like this, uh, this one guy's take, which is, we allow country clubs to sell mimosas at 10 a.m. And well, that's the entirety of the quote. <laughs> I, I mean, that, that is, that, it, it feels incomplete, but, you know, if I can extrapolate from that, his point is, hey man, aren't, Aren't booze laws whack, like, the fact that they are the way they are? And I would argue, yeah, dude, kind of. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right. Sam's hot take. So um, uh, look for uh, look for this to, to come about pretty soon. Oh, did you know that uh, Representative Terry Canales uh, from Edinburgh, who's a Democrat, exclaimed upon its passage, this is freedom, this is eagles. Huh. Hmm. He seems like an interesting guy. Hmm. He just seems like a, a barrel of monkeys. To so I, I understand that this is freedom. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. Right. I'm a little confused, though, as to how exactly this is Eagles. In, insofar as it is freedom and they're a representative of freedom in this nation. Okay. Clearly he's just going for like an aggressive metaphor for no reason. This is, so just like this is Eagles. I think that's way better than this is freedom. I, can I just so are we saying like I can just use things that represent America now? I can be like that's fucking hot dogs, bro. That's 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 no, star spangled banner as fuck, son. I encourage you to do that anytime you might think to say the word freedom, instead substitute like uh, just a truly American right. thing. Yo, that's Damn, paying man. women less than they deserve. Some straight yeah, up jean that, shorts up in here. Just be like, this is the industrial uh, prison complex in here. Hell yeah. That'll mm. show them. Oh. <laughs> oh, we made ourselves sad. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the Bruce Day Tuesday me. motto, after all. Uh, <laughs> Bruce Day Tuesday, we made ourselves sad. Yep, yep. Okay, well, I guess this might be Eagles for Texas. If you, uh, if you are in Texas or passing through Texas, um, maybe you'll be able to buy some booze a little easier now. And uh, I think that's good. I mean, I think we have varying degrees of 
how much we think this is silly versus cool, but I think we're all in favor of what's happening here. Uh, I yeah, I mean, it, I, it's definitely genius so much for sure. They seem to be moving it from noon to ten a.m. on Sundays, which is like I guess two extra hours. Right. What's funny though is I guess in Texas, like NFL football kicks off at noon, so if you wanted to go out and grab fo- beer for your, oh. fo- like you would literally have to miss part of the game if you were playing in the early slate. Yeah. But- you have to see the Cowboys slash Texans game. Oh yes, the the heated rivalry. Go Cowboys slash Texans. It's it's definitely impossible also to buy beer a day before a game. That's, yeah, that, that's that, outrageous. That, that is the thing that always drives me nuts about these types of articles. Is is like uh, you know for a while you couldn't buy beer on a Sunday in Georgia. Uh-huh. Yeah. And now you can circumstantially, and it's like. Yeah, I mean, that's cool, but just, like, plan ahead a little <laughs> bit. It's not hard. Right. Oh, I don't know. Well, didn't Wisconsin, they might still have it, but in Wisconsin you, like, couldn't buy beer after, like, 9 p.m. 9 or PM. something? That's still a thing. But the thing is, I have enough beer. So, <laughs> so yeah, like, but sometimes I, we'd be, like, hanging out, and Shoop would invite, like, ten friends over all of a sudden, and I'd be like, oh, we do not have enough beer for the amount of people coming over, and, oh, shit, it's, like, 9.15 which then, is a totally reasonable time to go out and buy some beer yeah. on a weekend. Yeah. And the specific reason that that law exists, it's for that situation. Now all of a sudden you guys have to go out to a bar and pay bar prices because it's the bar lobbies. But True. Um, mm. at any given time, I have a shitload of booze in my home. So that'll not be a problem for me. <laughs> Sam's got his priorities straight. Right. That's right. Well, what are the two? You know that Sam is very well prepared for any situation now. Ladies, I, wait. You, you didn't let me finish. Ladies, fuck off. I'm married. Not interested. Thanks. Oh, okay. What are the two items that you each think you have the most of in your house? That's a crazy question. Cat hair. The, oh, good answer. <laughs> Actually, I don't know because we did just move into this new spanking house. You're in so. a rustic farmhouse type yeah setting. we've never seen this background on you before it is literally one wall of shiplap that is stapled directly to the basement wall because nice. uh, it's a finished basement nice that's cute uh-huh. yeah no i'm i'm very excited about this house but yeah it's fun so cat hair and cat hair and um gosh jars fucking you glass got a lot of jars ruth keeps every glass jar that we've like ever purchased <laughs> Okay. And, you know, we buy, we buy a fair amount of, like, pasta sauce right. and salt, uh, and, like, every spice comes in a glass jar. Do you use yeah. it for stuff? Sometimes. Like, so you just have crates of empty and, jars somewhere. Right. So we use them, like, frequently enough that every time we use one, Ruth's like, see, this is why I keep all the jars. But, like, like yes, but we don't need 300. <laughs> we need, like, 10. See, I have a million goddamn plastic shopping bags. Well, you need those for cleaning up dog shit. Oh, wait, you don't have a dog. I do not. I use them as trash bags, but I can't throw them away fast enough. They're great for cleaning up do dog you, shit. Do you get new ones every time you go grocery shopping? I don't want to. I try not to. But um, So I do my grocery shopping at, uh, at the Walmart nearby. And at the Walmart nearby, apparently, there is a lot of theft. Uh, and so you either have to have your stuff in a bag or like have your receipt. And so, uh, or they'll like, they'll like, get, you know, get it in you? your face. Yeah, they'll they'll 
probe your anus is what I'm trying to say. Oh. You forced it out of me. Mm. Um, and so I, I, they're always putting shit in bags. I'm like, no, I don't need it. Okay, it's already in there. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Ruth just always keeps like 12 uh, like canvas bags in her car. And that's very useful for grocery shopping to the point where sometimes I want a plastic bag and I can't find one. <laughs> so sometimes I wish I had a few more. Mm. Sam, what item do you have the most of in your house? Uh, I thought it was two items, no? I guess so, but uh, we, we're taking well, too long, so just yeah, hit me so with that surgery on your cat right now? Yes, I am, actually. <laughs> saw your cat, like, go down below the screen, and now Tyler's, like, bent over, like... Porch, don't distract around. him. Let him focus on his work. <laughs> sorry. If I slip, my cat will never be able to meow again. So the the number one is booze, which I already mentioned. Okay. Number two is PlayStation 2 games. And I haven't broken out the PlayStation 2 in forever, but... <laughs> oh boy, that was a great console, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I could go for, I... Some, uh, for some Ratchet and Clank or some Jack and Daxter right now. Yeah, for sure. I had a moment when I moved of, like, yeah, I found my old Xbox 360 and, like, the 46 games that I have for it. And I was like, right. man, I should donate this. And I'm probably not going to because I made it to this house. <laughs> now Put you have up. to carry it forever. Right, which means I'm pretty much never going to see it again. Yeah, yeah. Hey, tell me a little bit more about your house. Yeah, t- talk about home ownership, my man. Yeah, so home ownership is a barrel of monkeys. It, um... It's pretty cool, first of all, to just, like, have my own space and, like, I can do whatever I want to it, and that's fun. I definitely had an experience my first time in the house when 3Sex wasn't around where I just got shit-faced and played Borderlands and laughed extremely loudly by myself. Just, like, no one can stop me from doing this. This is my (laughs) house. Like, there's there's no landlord or parents to answer to. I own this shit, bitch. You can't even fuck with me. Yeah, so one of the cool features is that um, the basement is finished, and it's like a good little hangout den down here, and I have my Xbox down here and everything, and Ruth's in the bedroom on the second floor, and she can't hear anything, so I can, like, yell at my TV, which I did a lot before I lived in a one-bedroom apartment (laughs) with my girlfriend. Yelling at your beloved Texans? Uh, usually I'm playing video games with my friends, so I'm, like, shouting things at them. <laughs> like, uh, give me cover fire, I'm bad at this, you need to help, that type of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or, like, there's some 12-year-old on the other end, like, yelling the N-word at me. Sure, sure. That's I'm, more what I'm familiar don't, with. I don't join the, like, public chats on these games for that exact reason. Yeah, but. Sam, it's clear that you haven't been playing um, those PS2 games because you'd, you'd remember all the uh, all the F-words being thrown around by suspiciously young children. Yeah, I don't think that uh, the PlayStation 2, like, scene is that lively these days. <laughs> no, it's only the hardcore, like, 30-year-olds who stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah, so um, the lawn is kind of a mess, and I learned yesterday that they uh, they basically got halfway through some project to like put in sprinklers and just stopped <laughs> um, because I was like looking for. So we got a hose. I'm also learning that you can't go to Home Depot and spend less than a hundred dollars. Like you just can't leave Home Depot without <laughs> buying like a bunch of random shit that you think you need and probably do need. Um, so I got a hose the other day, like a garden hose, 
I was like, oh, I'm going to hook this up and, like, you know, wash some things, wash this wheelbarrow that the previous owner left. But you need, like, like, a washer and, like, some valve or whatever and a bunch of dumb shit. And then, yeah, and then you're in there and you're just like, oh, and I also need, like, some filters for the air vents and I need this and I need that. You get, like, you get, like, four or five things that are, like, 15 to $20 and you're like, nothing in here is expensive. Why is my total, like, 150 And, you know, that's just part of it. And I realized there's, like, no water to the outside of our house, basically. So I hooked up the hose and, like, nothing came out when I, like, <laughs> And so I was like, oh, shit. So I, like, mucked around in near the water meter. I hit some lever and, like, water just started spraying out of all these pipes <laughs> under our porch. <laughs> <laughs> like, they really just got halfway through this project and just decided to sell the house and bailed on it. This sounds like a sitcom pilot that would not go. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> Just about, like, me not knowing shit about homeownership. Like, re- replace you with Seth Rogen, and we're like, come on, uh, Seth, you're better than this. I'm, like, smoking weed under the porch, and Ruth, like, hits a valve, and, like, yeah, water just comes out from everywhere, and I'm just like, whoa. And she's, I don't know, Anna Kendrick or someone? Sure. Yeah, someone, like, forgettable enough, but, you know. Yeah, so I don't know. It's it's fun. I'm kind of excited. I'm excited to have a compost heap. I haven't had one before, but I've been collecting kitchen scraps and I got some chicken wire to make like a little circle and I'm going to fill it with, you know, some good shit. Yeah. Have you taken a fat dump in it yet? Uh, no, Sam. You are not supposed to put human waste in your compost. You're no, a coward, your house, bro. You're a fucking coward. Wait, do you mean in my house in general or the compost in heap? In the compost heap. Oh. oh. <laughs> no. I gave you too much credit. <laughs> You're not supposed to take a shit in one of those. No, it's not. Humanure is a is a different thing. You have to be on like a a certain like low oil shit diet for humanure. I eat a lot of taquitos. Am I good? No, absolutely not. I like to think that at some point Sam has been walking home and just like needed to poop and saw somebody's compost heap and was just like, "Oh, I'm going to be a good citizen real quick." And the whole time I scream, "Don't look at me!" <laughs> Yeah, so overall, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, definitely very daunting to... I find it hard to, like, get anything done because I'm, like... I'll be, like, oh, I need, uh, like, some duct tape. Let me go downstairs and get some duct tape. And I, like, rummage through the box, and I'm, like, oh, there's a screwdriver in here, and the hinge is loose on that cabinet. Let me go fix that, and I start fixing that. I'm, like, oh, shit, I need something from upstairs. So I go upstairs, and I'm, like, oh, let me, like, rearrange, you know, how we, like, I do this, like, breadth-first search of, like, all the things that need to be done. Yeah, you can definitely kill a whole weekend just dealing with little shit that doesn't matter. Yeah, and I'm, like, oh, I started, like, six things, and three hours later I haven't, like, actually finished, like, the one thing I came downstairs to do. Handyman Boris. Yeah, but it's it's a good time. That's cool. So uh, this house, it, you said you there's a second floor. So this is is two stories in a basement. Two stories in a basement, and the basement is finished. And right. Bathroom down here, and it's you kind of, uh, you got a yard. Yeah. So we have like a very well like situated front yard, and then the backyard is basically just like a mud pit right now. Uh. They claim that the the previous owners claim that they bought it like that, and it was it's just always been this like washed out dirt pile. Uh, they left a swing set back there, something. which is pretty exciting. Uh, you've been you've been mad swinging. You've been doing so those been, monkey bars. We've been mad swinging. We actually just offered it to our neighbor who has like a two year old and a one month uh, old. So I think we're gonna give it to them and then maybe take it back in like ten years when we have kids that are ready for that. Right. 
Are you, yeah, getting, but are you getting excited. a dog? That's my question. Uh, we need a lawn first because the aforementioned backyard is a mud pit and a dog just would tear it up and get all dirty all the time. But once we have like a lawn that we can let the ba- the dog run around on, I think um, Ruth's thought about like fostering dogs again because she used to do that. Yeah, fostering uh, dogs is brutal. Like it's a good thing to do and I'm glad humans in our society do it. But yeah. I could do it, but it would destroy three stacks. She <laughs> would mean, not be able to do really it. It's really nice. We had like three dogs. When I say we, I mean mostly her. Had like three dogs for less than a week because they just kind of needed to hang out. It's like being in quarantine. Like you just need to be away from other dogs for a while so you can establish that they don't have any weird diseases. Um, but then there was there was one dog that we had for like three months. And then she she had some aggressive tendencies and got adopted for like a month and then ended up having to be put down. Oh, Just, fuck. Yeah, the dog was like too aggressive and they were like, we don't think we can like assimilate this dog into like a family. And it was very sad. So they assimilated it to heaven. Uh, more or less. Uh, <laughs> well, so it's all like, all right mostly a good experience because you like you have it long enough that it's kind of like babysitting you're just sort of like oh this is a fun little thing we have for a few days you don't get too attached to it but like that one we got very attached to and it was very sad when when she got adopted first of all and then when we learned about her eventual fate and it was quick you guys want to talk about like candy or something god damn boris boris made us really sad and let's let's stay in that vein by going to brewbound.com Weyerbacher sells majority stake to private investment group, files for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. No! Yes! More things to make us sad. So, uh, I like Weyerbacher. Sam likes Weyerbacher. Boris, you like Weyerbacher? They sound familiar, and they look familiar. I feel like I've had, like, an orange mango thing from them before. That doesn't sound like their vibe. (laughs) Their whole thing is, here's a beer that'll kick your ass. Yeah. Um, so I, I like Weyerbacher. They make some real big beers. Um, but apparently, uh, the newly named president of Weyerbacher, Josh Lamp, has said that he, um, or not he, but that 1518 Holdings, which is an investment company, has acquired a 55% stake in the business. Uh, apparently, Weyerbacher has like $2 million in debt and a bunch of uh, outstanding accounts payable which is not good. So selling this 55% stake is uh, kind of a way to get money to pay off that chib. I'm not super pleased. You know, I like Weyerbacher. I don't know what this is going to do to them, uh, the bankruptcy especially. So more sadness. I'm more worried about the new ownership. Well, you know, if they go bankrupt, they can't make anything. Oh, sure they can. (laughs) I guess that's, I guess maybe. But, How um, many times has our yeah. stupid ass president gone bankrupt? Like eight or some shit? Uh, yeah. Uh, so um, I don't. I guess this all is because uh, this this is all really coming from a um, a failed expansion project in 2014. They built like a two million dollar installation that includes a 40 barrel brew house, and um, instead of seeing you know numbers expansion like they thought, the market got more saturated and uh, they weren't producing. They had, um, like, all this equipment that was just sitting around, uh, production not being produced, and so they've acquired all this debt and needed to sell. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of sad, I guess. Yes. 
It is sad. Um, it says that they will be reevaluating its 23 state distribution network, which sounds like they're going to be, you know, taking beer out of markets. But then it also says it looks like they're going to expand their canned beer lineup. Does that just mean they're going to be canning more beers, or they're going to be pushing cans into newer markets? It's, it sounds like they're going to be transitioning from bottles to cans, which is the case with most of the market right now. Okay, so that's that's also not super peachy then. If they're going to be reevaluating their distribution, it might get be harder to get. Yeah, I mean, I I love their beer, and if it doesn't make it to Wisconsin, I'll be bummed. But I'm glad they can exist still. Yeah, that's good. They're not shutting down production yet. Um, you know, the, the change in management, uh, we could see some some changes in that production or changes in quality. I hope not, but only time will tell. Mm. Yes, Boris. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> no, no, just uh, flipping through some of the facts, uh, the factoids in this article. Classic Boris. Because I feel like especially over the past like decade like opening a craft brewery has been just a surefire way to make a shit ton of money it doesn't seem like that but the market is so saturated we've been doing a lot of stories i feel like in the past year and a half about um you know how how the market seems to be contracting a little bit you know uh people consolidating into consortiums like canarchy um because there's just so much competition and we've also been seeing a bunch of articles about how like the bubble is going to burst and it kind of like Seems like actually it burst like eight months ago, and right. we're just still seeing ripple effects from it. Yeah, I might be biased because I'm like constantly like on the prowl for new breweries and beers, and if I see a new beer on a menu that I haven't had before, that's like my number one. Oh, if sure. to order it. Yeah. So I might just kind of think like, oh, it's like super easy to be a craft brewery because you just be a new craft brewery and I'll like buy your beer. Right. Um, but. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting to see kind of the flip side of, like, what I assumed was a booming industry into someone who's like, yeah, we bought this, like, $2 million expansion, and turns out, like, we didn't grow as big as we thought we would. Yeah, you know, uh, that thing about getting, you know, a new beer, the beer you haven't tried, I, I feel the same way. A lot of people feel the same way. And we've we've seen some articles saying that's part of why the industry is contracting um, and things are getting cluttered is because breweries feel like they have to put out a new beer like every week uh, yeah, so you, there's you know there are positives and negatives to everything i think you can't but just make a good beer and keep making it you have to right. you have to have your flagship and also your new weird shit whatever that may be yeah i mean i'm also seeing kind of a rise of like a, a local beer movement i guess like some of my favorite breweries now are just like boston breweries i can like go to the tap room and hang out there or oh, for I can, sure find their beer in stores around here but like if i go even just to like new york or maine or something i like can't really get it anymore i definitely felt the same way in california and they're kind of like i guess just cutting out the whole shipping aspect really of like interstate shipping and they're like right. well, if we distribute to like everything in a 50 mile radius and everyone in boston like knows and loves these beers but like yeah you can't really get them outside of massachusetts yep for sure Anybody else have anything they want to say about this article? I think it's time to talk Beer Mile. I was hoping you would say that. I am I am so excited to find out the results from our Beer Mile. Just to remind anybody who, uh, for some reason, didn't know, we decided to celebrate episode 300 by having everybody run a Beer Mile, in which um, you drink a beer, run a quarter mile, and do that until you've had four beers and run a mile. Right. And uh, I gotta say, for me, it was a miserable experience. <laughs> I I uh 
I thought I thought the issue was going to be the running because I am out of shape, and um, no, not even a little bit. I uh, I was running pretty good. Did not feel tired or anything like that. It was just getting all that fucking liquid into my gut was such a chore, and um, I threw up. Had to do a penalty lap. It was it was pretty rough. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, how did everybody else's uh, uh, beer mile experience go? Are we uh, are we talking times or are we just? Talking- oh yeah, I, I guess I did not mention my time. Um, I I ran. Um, I mean, I I was aiming for half an hour, uh, okay. so uh, I did better than that, but not what I would consider good. I ran twenty five fifty two. And what was okay. your beer? Uh, Sierra Nevada's Sierra Vesa. Woof. Woof indeed, sir. <laughs> So what is what is that? Is that a plus five percent ABV? It is a five percent. It calls itself an easy drinking lager. So did you pick it because it's strictly it's exactly five percent? Uh, I had had it on the show and I was like, man, this might be a good beer for the beer mile. And then I used it for the beer mile, and it was okay. I mean, I don't think I don't think my choice of beer would have really changed things up at all. Right. It's just I am not good at getting that much liquid down my small old gullet. Right. So here's the thing, I texted Sam like a few days ago and was like, are you guys sticking to this 5% rule? Because I just really want to get a light beer and get it over with. And he said it it was, he was sticking to the rule, but it was okay if I didn't. So I did just like Miller Lite. Okay. But like, I wasn't drunk by the end of it. You know, like the alcohol was not the limiting factor in any way there. Yeah. Part of my whole thing is, I think there was a time in college that I would have been like really intense, but everyone following the rules really closely, but just like, it's not my goal that people throw up in my neighbor's lawn or whatever. So just like do the thing in the spirit of doing the thing. And if, if you've, if you happen to not uh, like adhere to the letter of the law, that's not a big deal. Like I don't think ABV is a limiting factor here. I think number one, it's like, belching and number two it's running i don't think like drunkenness is the problem no no yeah i i just like i made i made the tactical decision to throw up because i was like it's gonna take me longer to get all these burps out and finish the beer than if i just spew and do the lap you know boris recommended to us a or sorry jed Jed recommended to us a few weeks back yeah just puke early so you'll be okay with puking as many times as you want because it's one penalty lap no matter how many times you puke. I only threw up once. My first beer and lap, fine. Second beer and lap, fine. About midway through my third beer, I was like, this is too much beer. And like as soon as I started running after finishing the third beer, I was like... (laughs) And then the fourth beer was fine because I just ralphed all over the place. Right. (laughs) Yeah, so I think my takeaway was definitely like, if I was determined to get a good time on this, yeah. I would just puke and take the lap. Like, that would, like, yeah, if there was some consequence of me getting, like, a, good, a really good time, yeah. it would involve me just running five laps and puking, like, probably twice. So what was your, what was your score there, Boris? So I came in at uh, 20 minutes, 30 seconds. Um, I did not puke, but Ruth uh, was nice enough to keep my split times. Oh, nice. Did that. Um, yeah. My first lap was like, like my first beer and quarter mile took me a total of like two minutes and 38 seconds or something like that. Yeah, so and then my, and two, then my next lap was like nine minutes. 
Uh, so here, let me put them up on the screen for you. So these are my yep. split times. Uh, yep. So you can see that around, as Tyler said, around beer number three, you just really start to feel it. Yep. So I did the first lap in 2.36, uh, second lap in 3.08, and then lap three was 5.40, and lap four was nine minutes. Yeah, a significant difference. There was a moment, I think I opened the fourth beer, I took a sip, and I was like, you know what, I just need five minutes. And I <laughs> Like walked around, like stretched a bit. Like I was like, I just need to like shake out all the burps. Check yeah. Reddit. Uh, yeah, there's there's definitely a wall at like beer three. Yeah. I also just realized I'm like not nearly as good at chugging beer as I used to be. Like even on my first beer, I was like, wow, the bubbles are all tickly in my throat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that was not something that bothered me by like my senior year of college. Right. Sam, did you do another one? Because you had done a practice. Yeah, yeah. Actually, just today, so Tuesday, I guess, <laughs> if you believe our lies. It, initially, we were going to do it on Saturday, uh, mm-hmm. kind of have a group event of everyone doing it at once, and it fucking snowed in late April. <laughs> so we bumped it by, we'll say, three days. And so the total number of people that were at the house was eight. That's pretty good. Uh, quickly got pared down to five people willing to actually try to do it. Really? Three, three quit? They showed up, but then were like, nah, fuck it. Two, two of them were in jeans, and were just like, oh, we were just going to hang out. <laughs> it's like, whatever. But I think the, the more remarkable thing is, of those people, there were only two finishers. Really? Yeah. So. All right, let's call everyone out right now. Yeah, yeah. Start start dropping we, some shame. Sure, yeah. Names. Yeah, so three stacks had two and then gave up. Uh, <laughs> Alan, enemy of the show, had two and then gave up. Classic Alan. Classic Alan, enemy Alan. of the show. Uh, well, actually, we really should put Brian Smith on blast more because he had RSVP'd in the affirmative and just as it was time to like go, like he and Alan lived together. As it was time to go... Brian was like, nah, fuck it, I don't want to do it, and just stay at home. <laughs> I'm uh, glad Brian hasn't changed. No, he sure hasn't. And the other one was uh, Andrea, who um, is on the Frisbee team. I don't know if I've talked about her before. Strong runner, not as strong of a drinker. Mm-hmm. Uh, also also tapped out about uh, two to three beers in. Um, I'm telling you, man, it's that third beer. Third beer is really just like, one, I was, like, good. Two, yeah. I was, like, okay, you know, I think I can do this. Like, I could yeah. still run. And after three, boy, it was just, yeah. So, Boris, I'm, I'm, I'm curious if you have a guess. I was one of the two finishers. The other finisher is a stone-cold baller that you've hung out with in Wisconsin a number of times. Do you have a guess? I'm, like, thinking by process of elimination, Zach was the next person I was expecting you uh, to name. No, but, Zach. Uh, Zach texted in his answer. He was out of town, so I, I, I have his time. It was it's twenty minutes was his time. So, but he was my next there. guest is going to be uh, Lars Gern. Lars Gern is the correct answer. Hey, awesome! Hell yeah! Lars Gern oh, shredded it. We actually, I was really impressed with her, uh, and like the way the our laps worked, it was like you kind of run to a point and then you run back, so you see the people. Every time you're running the lap, you see them, and like I was like just high fiving everyone I ran past, and uh, on the final lap, uh, I was on the way back, and she was still on on her way to the to the like eighth mile point, and she just said, "Let's just beat Zach," <laughs> and I was like, "Hell yeah, Liz, let's do this shit." Liz's final time, which I think 
I must meddle. I don't actually know what all the final times are, but 16... It sounds like finishing puts you in a... Yeah, puts you in a competitive position. 1640 from Liz. Wow, that's Holy great shit. for her. That's, that's, that's very, I mean, that's very good. Five minutes on me. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jesus. I, I killed my previous best. Uh, it turns out the key to winning is burping constantly so that you don't have to walk any of it. Right. Yep. Uh, I finished in 1537. Wow. Damn. Wow. Damn. You dropped it down like seven minutes. A full a full eight actually just just because I walked a lot of it before and it's all about burping like that's right. the cheat code it's all about burping yeah. like if if either always, of you guys want to do burping. a a follow up it's all about burping I had a I had a period uh at the beginning of my second lap where I was running and belching yeah and I could tell that I that my belch was four steps long <laughs> because it was like uh 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 uh. <laughs> and it just lasted the whole time. And that's the key. It's just like, like your stomach's going to be full, but if you it's full of liquid, pressure. you're good. If it's full of gas, you're in a bad shape. Right. So you got to clear it out while you're running so you're good for the next lap. Wow. That's 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 an, that's an incredible time, Sam. Great job. Thank you. Do, we, do, we, know, do we know anybody else's time that we I, haven't? I really thought we would hear from like Jed or somebody, but I yeah. haven't. Okay. So, like, uh, I, I told that whole crew, end of the month is your due date. But we're recording right. this to peel back the kimono a bit on 428. <laughs> so there's, like, still time. But I think as of this moment, uh, I'm the medalist, the gold medalist. Yeah. I do want to add, because um, I know, uh, Becca got 29.12, which I thought was really, really good. Like, she just strolled Becca and was only, that. like, three minutes off of me. So great for her. Was she just, like... Uh, fast walking or did she actually jog no she was like power walking yeah yeah i mean if you don't if you don't have to do that extra lap like that's that's a lot that's that's a handful of minutes right there yeah yeah for sure but so So, she did a great job too um those are all the times i am aware of did you guys find the running like difficult at all only because i was trying not to throw up yeah i think i like would have gotten about the same time as someone was just like i'm gonna time you drinking four beers right i think my I, I can generally do, like, a quarter mile in about two minutes. Right, yeah, no. And absolutely. I think I pretty much kept that pace the whole time. And there were a few moments when I was running where I was like, oh, going to stop for a second, make sure this is a burp and not a puke. Yeah, yeah. I, I can run about an eight-minute mile, and it was just, like, another, what, 17 minutes of drinking beer. Cause, yeah, exactly. Cause it sucked. <laughs> and I don't think I would have done it much faster if I didn't have to, like, run. Right. It was actually kind of nice. I feel like it honestly made me drink faster and run faster that I had a break from drinking while I was running and I had a break from running while I was drinking. I, just I, constant like negative motivation. I mean, I guess it was really just like it, if I had finished beer three and had to start beer four, I would have been way slower than having, you know, three minutes or whatever to run a lap to like, I, I, to like clear it out a little bit and get some burps going. I do think I will, uh, you know, again in the summer, try try another time um, because I learned a lot from the first time doing it. I think I could definitely cut my score down, but uh, it was just it was just brutal. It was so brutal. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely gonna have a column in the uh, the the master sheet, the master yeah. uh, Google Doc, and uh, anytime you beat your own personal best, I'll update it with whatever your own personal best is. I think I think that sounds like a good idea. 
I think it's safe to say that I am never doing this again. <laughs> I yeah. appreciate dedication, Tyler. The, the people I was hanging out with just sort of assumed that it was an annual thing, and I was like, I don't really feel like doing this in a year, but that was, um, I will if I my, have to. One of my former coworkers, his girlfriend's whole family, like, all run a beer mile every Thanksgiving. It's like Wait, uh, after they eat? No, like, it's, like, part of the, like, weekend you know it's okay. part of the activities it's not like literally on thanksgiving but just the whole the whole thing all of thanksgiving i'm bloated the whole time right and i don't want to run it all. picture like my parents trying this beer mile thing and it's like it's I not think, i think mine would die yeah, yeah. mitch like, agreed to do it and then later was like i recant i will not do this thing yeah yeah that's fair he probably had one beer and was like, wait, four of these in 20 minutes would be terrible. <laughs> yeah, he's not much of a drinker. He, I mean, for a big dude, he can he can do distance running, but I, I think four beers would put him to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, I mean, it was, it, was, it was brutal, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm, I'm probably going to do that again. So, uh, yeah, look, look for those times going up on the, on the website, and um, congrats to all three of us who actually did it and did not yeah. drop out. Participation yeah. trophies. And con- congrats to the two of us that did it without puking. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, just right in my front yard, too. I was just like, doop, doop. Okay, all right, keep on running around my front yard. Yeah, at least you did it in your – wait, did you just do laps around your own front yard? Yeah, uh, I found out if I ran around my driveway seventeen times, that would be a mile. So I just did I just did four and a quarter laps each time. I think it honestly helped me that most of my running was past neighbors' yards because I was like, I can't puke here. That's that's a good point. I was free to just Ralph whenever I'm I. The only one who did it at like an official track. Oh, dude, I almost did because the Verona area high school is right near the house. But I was yeah. like, I can't just bring a bunch of beers out here. Like, that's Too a way to school. get put on a list, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I had that concern, but luckily today it was, like, raining and 50 degrees or something, so literally no one else was on the track, which was helpful. <laughs> oh, were you running on a track? Yeah, I did it on an actual track. Oh, that's kind of dope, honestly. So I, I feel like my time is the only one that really counts here. Sure. But, you know. sure. I think I would prefer to do it on an actual track. But there's nowhere in the area where I could accomplish that. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I, I had a moment when you texted – Sam texted me like a week ago and was like, we're going we're gonna to do the 300th and you need to have run a beer mile. And I was like, shit, I don't know what's near my house. And I Googled it and luckily there's a track like three to four blocks away. So it was like <laughs> a six or seven minute walk and not bad. So uh, can we talk a little bit about uh, the beers we had for it? Dip, you said Sierra Vesa. I don't. I don't remember if I uh, mentioned I had sweet sunglasses by Hop House. Uh, I, yeah. I, I'm almost sure I didn't mention what Zach had. Uh, he texted me a couple weeks ago with his score because he's out of town. Um, right. He did Natterdays. <laughs> Is that like the shandy or the something? Pink lemonade flavored. Yeah. Yeah. And and he he finished in twenty flat, which is a good score, and was like yeah. the score Wait, I was Zach shooting for. Are you fucking kidding me? What? Zach beat me. <laughs> yeah, this is still the same kid that smokes weed like every day, right? Like, <laughs> he hey 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 smokes weed every day. Hey man, smoking just increases your lung capacity because you got to hold that dank in. <laughs> and and uh, B Rice, what were you drinking? Miller Light, right? 
Uh, I was drinking Miller Lite. Sorry, oh, I did right. not know that uh, B Rice was how we were addressing me now. So I did not respond. It's short for Boris, obviously, because it takes so much less time to say. <laughs> oh, but it takes so much more time for my drunk ass to compute <laughs> what you're talking about. Becca was also drinking Sierra Vesa. What did Lars Gurren drink? Oh, dude, I don't remember. She was drinking some other session. I forget what it was. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was legal, though. I'll have to ask her. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, uh, do you want to do our last article here? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's about as enthusiastic as I am. I just want to go pee and eat dinner. (laughs) Well, there's not much to say here. It's just um, from brewbound.com. Meeting of the Malt, Pennsylvania craft beer production tops in the nation. And apparently for the third consecutive year, Pennsylvania is the state producing the most craft beer, according to the Brewers Association chief economist, Just Mark like by Watson. quantity, not by like person or anything like that. Uh, yes, it's just, it's just by quantity. Uh, in 2018, Pennsylvania's 354 craft breweries produced a total of 3.7 million barrels of beer. Hmm. Um, it's beer. it's wild to me if we're not talking per capita that like California and Texas right. weren't the winners. Yeah, I gotta say, if you asked me to make a list in order of like states that produce the most beer, Pennsylvania would have maybe barely scratched the top ten, but like not been one. Yeah, well, you know, they're probably counting like Yingling as a craft beer. Cowards. <laughs> right. But still, like, then you could count, you know, all the beer Sam Adams makes, too. But um, the Brewers Association defined craft brewers combined in the country make up about 13% of all beer sold in 2018. Um, If you are talking about uh, the kind of acquired craft brands as well, that figure goes up to about 17% of the total market. So about, you know, about a a fifth of all beer being sold is, is crafty. If you want to put it that way. Craft adjacent. Right. So I think that was an interesting number to see. No, that is that is cool. I also think it's wild that um, apparently uh, Pennsylvania taproom sales account for 12.5%. That's like, that's a shit ton of like just brew pubs selling beer at their brew pub. That's a good point. That's all I have to say about that. I don't know. Yeah, good job Pennsylvania, I guess. <laughs> okay. Good job not being a bunch of jabronis or whatever. Uh, they definitely uh, included Yingling, I think, because there's a quote from, like, a Yingling administrator. Right. Which makes sense. I, I'm, I'm good to rate here, fellas. Let's do it. Okay. Boris, why don't you go first for us? Sure. Um, so I had Zero Gravity's Mr. Sulu IPA. Six and a half percent. Nice, light, hoppy, kind of um, definitely more of, like, a, a summer IPA. Like, it's not too heavy. It's got a little bit of a kind of a dank, um, sweet, kind of sticky smell and taste that will kind of hang around your your craw. You might want. I don't uh, want any sticky, dank craws in my area. You don't don't want that sticky dankness in your craw? (laughs) Not. uh, Uh, I want it in my maw, not my craw. Fucking prude. Yeah. Come on, Tyler. It's 2019. Be a little more open, okay? You're right. You're right. I've been eating the ass. I should stick some dank in my mouth. <laughs> that just, is just, just for our wider listening audience, I have not been eating the ass. I know that's a thing that kids are into nowadays. I'm still I'm still not quite there yet. Oh, uh, boy. And, yeah, I don't know. I was, I was really sold until you corrected yourself there. Um, overall, I think it's pretty good it's like nothing special it's really nothing to write home about i'm gonna give it like a 
a 4.5, I guess, because I think this beer is slightly below average. You know, it's there's nothing really specifically terrible about it. It's just really this like the hot profile is not my style. And there are plenty of other beers that are six and a half percent that I think are much better. So get your uh, get your oh, what am I trying to say? Beer on elsewhere. Get your uh, get your fix somewhere else. That's that that works. <laughs> Sorry, I'm coming up. This is my fifth beer in the past, like two hours, so I'm having a little unknown over here. I, I honestly felt very similar about my beer, Boris. And just to remind everybody, I had Blue Point Brewing Company's Hazy Bastard, juicy New England style IPA. It was, I mean, it was definitely a New England style IPA that was clear, but it just had a hot profile that, like you said, isn't quite my cup of tea. A little, um, uh, just a little more aggressive in the back than I was looking for. But not bad, uh, so I'm just going to give it a five. I guess I'd recommend this to people, like, if you're, like, a big fan of what Stone was doing a couple years ago, and now you're trying to get into hazy IPAs, maybe this is a good bridge. So just, uh, like, super aggressive to you in their advertising? <laughs> well, just, like, you know, heavy on bitter and, and that sort of thing, and I yeah. think maybe this could be a bridge, but um, I don't know. I just I feel like there are better examples of the style if you really want a New England style IPA. How about you, Sam? Yeah, uh, I had Southern Tears 3X IPA. This is a beer that I would recommend to people who want that backhand slap of hops with full on knuckles. Like, <laughs> if I, I think probably Boris would sign on to that and Tyler wouldn't. Correct. I was going to say that's how Tyler likes it when he's eating the ass, but... Uh. <laughs> how is somebody going to slap me in the face while I'm eating their booty? I don't well, understand. Rudely as how. Wait, you can't, like, reach your own butt? Hang on. But my face is not... It's I'm cheek to cheek, as it were. Right, but <laughs> she would slap you in the face. Uh, okay, well, I'll get back to you. Right, yeah, let us know. <laughs> That'll be your content for next week. Yeah, I've got a hope assignment. So. Uh, but yeah, this is this is a beer that is unabashed in the fact that it's like, a, oh, this shit's super hoppy, and if that's not your scene, it's not your scene, and we don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would give this an eight one just because it's not actually that interesting. It succeeds as a beer that's like, yo, check out how bitter it is and how hoppy it is. But uh, I I feel like it could do that and also kind of just be more interesting. But, you know, I, I like to grade a beer on uh, how well it's doing what it wants to do. And what it wants to do is uh, slap you right in your mouth, and it does that. Okay, great. Do you know what you are drinking next week, Sam? Uh, yeah, I have a blast from the past, actually. I have a beer from, I don't know if you've heard about this, but apparently Pennsylvania is making a lot of craft <laughs> beer these days. Really? I have a beer from uh, our old stomping grounds dip from Voodoo Bruco. Oh, Okay. Uh, I have uh, Voodoo Love Child, which is a Belgian, which maybe this is technically an against day, because I don't actually remember, but if I did have it, it was 10 years ago, and I don't remember what I thought of it, so I'm going to count it as a new beer. Pretty sure we had Voodoo Love Child, but I don't think it's been on the show. It definitely has not been on the show, but I think we've had it in real life. I'm fine with you bringing it back on. It was so long ago. Yes. You have my permission as well. (laughs) Not like I'm going to fucking stop you. I'm going to go out there and slap that beer out of your hand. But um, thank you, everybody, for for tuning in for our episode 300. Boris, thank you for being the special guest for this big episode. Uh, It was was truly an honor. Absolutely. Um, You know, 
uh, proud of everybody for sticking with this nonsense for 300 eps. So super duper cool. Uh, if you have anything you want to say about what we've been doing, you can email us at BruceDayTuesdayPodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at BruceDayTuesday, or you can comment on our links at BruceTuesday.com. Don't let the best keep you down, and we'll see everybody for 301. Bye. Ooh, bye. Bye. Comes up here, catch all your tears. Drink the remedy, forget about your problems. Here comes a shot, lose all your thoughts. Drink the remedy, forget about your problems. This one's on me, fix you for free. Drink the remedy, forget about everything. This one's on me, got what you need. And take your medicine, you feel better. Oh boy. Ooh, 300. 300 episodes, that's a lot of episodes. Man, it just makes me want to do the math on like how many hours I've recorded for and how many hours I've edited for. And right. like, you know, if I volunteered at a homeless person shelter, how many meals I could have given out. <laughs> <laughs>